Yes, indeed, there's a war. Hallelujah. What is your location? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. It's awesome. It's good. It's good already because it's stirred up everywhere. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The whole world is tipped upside down, and you are good all the time. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for this as your opportunity, Lord God, to show yourself strong on behalf of your loved people, your precious ones, your children. And I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us prospers. Nothing. Word said, deed done. Nothing. It's all done because, Lord Jesus, you already got this. Everything that you're looking at today is God's problem. So just don't cop out. Don't cave in. Just look up and praise the Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross. You took the hits yourself. You took and sustained the wrath of Satan yourself, and you defeated him with not a word, basically. Yes, precious word you said, but you didn't defend yourself, Lord. You didn't get all uptight. You just walked forward and Satan couldn't stop you. I thank you also gave us the same power, the same authority to use your word, use your name, use your power, use your authority to do the kingdom business here. So thy kingdom come, Lord God, thy will be done on everyone in everyone through everyone that is part of your kingdom that's listening to this and may this go forward and may many people listen to it, Father God. May many people from all over the world be encouraged by this. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel of Mark. Thank you, Jesus. You're the faithful witness. You're the, you're the, you're sent your Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. We pray that we speak now as the oracles of God. Welcome to Rescue Radio. Good morning. Well, good morning or, or evening or afternoon. Or wherever, wherever you are, good day. Wherever you are, whenever you're listening, it's Hallelujah. a great day. It's a day that the Lord That's has it. That's made, all that matters. <laughs> and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't so, it exciting that, you know, we can experience some of the same things that the Lord experienced, I mean, in a microcosm, of course, of what he did. But going into Mark chapter 3, 7, or 6, let's start with 6. It's kind of like the wrap-up of what he, we just talked about last week. You know, he healed the man with the withered hand in the in the synagogue he stretched it. he said stretch forth your hand yeah. and and it was healed and became whole as the other the, the scripture says created quite, fer- quite a ruckus so, in, the, in the holy quiet oh my solemn it sort of messed atmosphere. up their service in the synagogue totally. it wasn't in the and liturgy. then the pharisees yeah. were really upset you'd think you know people would be glad here's a man that's had this withered hand yeah. couldn't use this hand he's healed he's miraculously healed right in front of their eyes You'd think people would be happy, but well, here's uh, the deal: the those kinds, weren't. those kinds of events, bring out true colors in people. Oh yeah, true colors. So we yeah. see now the separation between the Pharisees. It says, then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted. They didn't wait till nightfall. They, and with the Herodians, they gathered their their croonies against him, how they might destroy him. Now so the Herodians were were the the political people. Yeah, they, they were, were the, the wealthy political yeah, people yeah. that hobnobbed with the Romans. They were the useful idiots they were back the, in the day. The power people. Yeah, yeah. They helped uh, Rome in stay government. in power. Yeah, and get paid for it. Amazing. What 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 you attach your loyalties to becomes so indicative of who you are. So be careful who you you know. What does it say? Bad friends corrupt good manners. If you hang around people like Herodians and Sadducees and Pharisees. You're going to become like them. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. So I think the sea is a place of comfort for him. He liked it. He That's where the, the guys, that was their familiar home. You know, they were fishermen. The sea was their friend. They went to the sea. And maybe we're trying to get away from the heat of the city. I don't know. But a bunch, a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea. Great multitude. Now, isn't Galilee, I'm, I'm just, I don't even know the answer to this. I'm asking a question. Isn't Galilee... Uh, well, it's still in Israel somewhere, but it is it was one of the rougher areas of uh, of that little country. Well, it's yeah, in the north, kind of the northern part of uh, what we know of as Israel. Yeah. And uh, what you know, borders course, does does Syria border Israel on the north? Anyway, anyway, it was it's still a hot spot, I guess, is what I'd say. But so they were in um, this great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea. So he's got people coming like. Probably sixty, eighty, hundred miles up there to well, see yeah, him. There, there are a lot of towns around, uh, you know, in Galilee. There's of course the center on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. There's Chorazin. There's Capernaum, which yeah, became Jesus yep. became Jesus' headquarters. Uh, Magdala, 
probably where Mary was, was from, yeah. Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. uh, Tiberias, uh, probably Bethsaida, uh, Gergesa, and Cana was just to the west, mm-hmm. Nazareth to the kind of to the southwest, where of course Jesus grew up in Nazareth. And you remember uh, they uh, they said, well, yeah, was it Philip or something that said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah. Because Nazareth was kind of a rough trading town. Kind oh, of. Oh, they a, weren't as religious. They were kind of the real core, common core people. Kind of ragamuffin. The place. real, the real, a real sampling of what society was like back then. And so they came from Jerusalem and from uh, and and Idumea and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude. When they heard how many things he was doing, they came to him. So th- this was getting around the word of healing. Well, yeah. I think they were all desperate. They didn't have doctors. They didn't have money. They didn't have other means. And here's the miracle man coming through town. And well, or, yeah, C- Capernaum. You know, it's about say from Tyre to uh, Capernaum. It's roughly like forty miles. I mean, yeah. if you're walking, I mean, that is. I mean, it's who a good would, day's walk. Who, who would walk uh, forty miles today to yeah to go to a service? <laughs> well, and and I think they were hoping and hoping. Because you couldn't c- call ahead, I was. They were hoping he would still be there when they got <laughs> right, there. Right, right, right. You know, but um. So, but and from Judea, Judea also. So from the, the Judea, of course, is in the south. Yeah. So they're basically coming from all over the country. Yeah, and that just shows that they this the word was getting out the awesomeness of Jesus. He was attracting huge crowds, and this to the Pharisees was a, a, a serious problem. Well, w- really, word, you know, the popular, there was jealousy. You know, you think of all the way to the cross. They said they knew that Pharisees, uh, I think it was um, uh, Herod mm-hmm. that recognized mm-hmm. that Pilate, they had delivered yeah. him up because they were jealous Envy. of him. But the, so yeah. th- there's all these, mir- word is getting around uh, all through uh, Facebook, uh no, uh, they didn't internet. have cell phones. Oh, they, oh, could, they, they could oh. figure this all oh, out. They just right. had it by faith. That's right. Feet. That's right. But word got around all through the country but, but, of these miracles. But going back to the word jealousy, those guys, you know, underneath jealousy is always insecurity. Insecurity it comes from fear. I'm afraid, you know, he's going to mess up my life. He's going to expose me. He's going to look better than me. He's going to do something that's going to affect me negatively. So they were, but Jesus Christ just wore it well. He just kept going. Um... And he, he just kept doing what he was supposed to do. He's, he's almost like he set his face like a flint, like he's going to go forward, not turn to the right or left, not be jerked off the path by some, you know, opposition or some guy shaking his fist at him. Well, uh, uh, William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said, if you're going to change the future, you have to disturb the present. And, and, and Jesus was disturbing the present. You see, to. these Pharisees, right. they had their their religious system all set up. Yeah. And he was he was a threat to that. Yeah. And you know what? That religious system is has Still only here. grown. It has only grown. Oh, uh, so multiplied. what he did on the cross did not disturb or destroy the religious system. All it did was initiate the system from heaven, the godly grace gospel of Jesus Christ and good news. It just initiated, brought down an option. The before that, there were no options. There were, the, you were locked in this. So, but anyway, um, so well, yeah. So Jesus withdrew, and uh, so he's in a sense, he's leaving. Um, I believe it's Capernaum. Yeah, he's leaving there to go down to the sea, probably for a little bit of R and R. Probably, be, partly because he knew there's this plot to kill him. Well, he knew it he wasn't, wasn't afraid, time. but he's yeah. sometimes just discretion is like you just got to move on. And so they're 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 coming there, and uh, and so verse nine. And verse he told nine. his disciples yes. that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. Isn't that amazing? A small well, boat, an escape. You know, just pull right. it out to see a little be bit. Be ready they, because yeah. the people are coming in. You know, and sometimes a you know scary and, and we awesome. hear in another place where it, we read of Jesus, where the crowds are pressing upon him right. to hear him. Right. You know, and. And where I I've seen that mm. personally often, yeah. and I think you have too, is uh, when we've gone to India in crusades. Mm-hmm. You have to have when, when people are coming for prayer mm, and hungry. for other you know ministry. Uh, they they press. You have to have crowd control. You have to have people actually holding because back they're the people. Forgetting. Or, or they will they will just they will simply they're just so they'll focused. crush you. They're they'll so crush focused you. on one thing. 
and that's kind of cool in a way. Desperation. Yeah, people in the churches today, they're not pressing to the altar for anything. They're not desperate for anything. Got to get the, home. The, the, it's get not compelling. For... The message, the whatever's going on in the, on the stage is not compelling them, except, you know, in the rock concert or the, the Satanists are singing. Then we're, we're moving forward. We're compelled, but that's being drawn by another spirit. But anyway, so for he healed many so that as many as were afflicted pressed about him to touch him. Mm-hmm. This is what this is because he virtue was going out of him healing. I mean, didn't even have to say a word, ask a question. I think I think if, you know in India, I've been there where the people are coming, they want healing. Mm-hmm. They will come and they will grab your arm mm-hmm. and put the, put your hand on their head or on, on their on stomach, their head yeah. or on their yeah. body. Yeah, I mean they're just well. They're sensing. They're open. sensing. They're they're a, a, uh, connecting our presence as they did yes. Jesus with the power, and you know that's really. I mean, the shadow of Peter healed people after Pentecost. This is where the church, can I say the word, I hate the word, but say the word, should be. You know, this is where the where church, for, for the most part, isn't. Mm. And this should ask another question, then why? Why is the church so far from this? This is the true gospel. This is this is where it started. This is the origin. This is Jesus bringing it down to us, him showing us how it's supposed to look. And is this what we, we have, we don't have the true gospel of Jesus Christ and good news and people being healed and pressing in and desperate and being in in our churches, in our church services. We just, we're going for feelings. We're going for fake. We really are, guys. Just look at it. So, and he healed many so that as many as had afflictions passed, pressed about him to touch him and the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out saying, you are the son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. Now, isn't this interesting? The demons, demons, okay, these demons have been around for ages. They've been there since Mm -hmm. the Nephilim. They're recognizing this is a real threat to their dominion, to their um, daily routine. Uh, They're crying out, you're the son of God. They knew, they professed, they confessed, but they didn't believe. I mean, obviously, so just knowing and declaring that Jesus is the Son of God, a demon can do that. And you see that is very true because in, this, in the Acts 16, 16, where the girl with the spirit of divination cried out, these are the men of the Most High God. So demons can actually say things correctly, and they are correct. But they're saying them correctly for the point and the purpose of uh, confusing people. So, right. And, and because demons confess Jesus as the Son of God doesn't yeah. mean that they're saved. Correct. Demons cannot be saved. Well, notice here, though, that they're saying something very absolutely correct. More correct. They had more discernment, more uh, insight, more accurate knowledge uh, about what was going on than the people did. The people didn't yet know he was Jesus, the Son of God, but the the demons did. Uh, I believe it's James said that the demons believe and and, and tremble. So Mm -hmm. you think the demons have known pretty much all along. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, they they knew it right and away. And human beings in the in in 2018 are still trying to figure it out, trying to see. It says you know, James there, two denial of him. Yeah, James two nineteen. Read you it. believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Well, what's the difference then between believing, confessing, trembling? What they're doing and what we got? What makes it salvation for us and not for them? Well, for us that you know believe, the Bible says. In John chapter 1, for as many as received him, I believe it's John 1, 12, as many as received him, received Jesus. Accepted. Accepted him, mm-hmm. put their full trust well, in him, what were they yielded believing? their lives to him. So you can believe in something. Well, here, here's the deal. You can believe in something without committing your life to it. Correct. Because you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe that. I'm, I'm putting the that in there. Even the demons believe and tremble. So it's, and they profess they also profess, but Jesus says there's some people coming down the line that I'm going to say, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many mighty works in your name? And he's going to say, I don't know you. So there has to be a place where the belief turns to action, turns to knowing, turns to lordship, turns to submission to God, turns to committing your life to God, it turns to death where you die and he lives in you. And that's the difference. And so let me just say one more thing about this. You know, a lot of times going back to where the, what the demons are saying here, we're seeing, we, le- we need to learn deeper than just reading the words. You are the son of God. That's what they were saying. They fell down. Uh, he says, the, sp- the unclean spirits, whenever they s- saw him, fell down before him and cried out saying, you're the son of God. They didn't worship him. They fell down. I think they were just all discombobulated. 
But anyway, mm. they fell down. And they, but, but here's the deal, people. How many times, and I just had this happen to me very recently, where the demon, the devil, is trying to deceive us and uses flattery or mm. uses like this girl in Acts 16, 16. Paul and Silas had come to town to do a big conference. And she's in the audience and she's, you know, she's declaring, you are the man of the most high God, just like this demon saying, you are the son of God. And, and, and Paul, I mean, it sounds good. It's like, sounds like you're endorsing what Paul is saying. These are the men of the most high God who brings the word of salvation. It's true. It was true. But what was the point of the truth? What was the spirit behind it? The truth uh, was to confuse. Mm -hmm. And so many times when you're looking at and listening very carefully to a pastor, uh, to someone, their message, to see if you can find anything wrong with it or, you know, discern if they're speaking the truth, blah, blah, blah. I have found on at least two occasions, and, and, and this personally, uh, and I'm sure it's many, many, but on two specific occasions that I can tell you, where a demon, a guy who was possessed with a spirit, not from God, spoke a better altar call, gave a better message, a better rendition of the gospel than, than, than a real genuine, honest to God, Holy Ghost preacher has. Because the devil can preach the gospel. The devil can, signs and wonders, he can do signs and lying signs and wonders. So in the church these days, you have a lot of that going. You have false, you have demons, you know, uh, uh, orchestrating the presence of God. And that's in quotes because it's not the presence of God, but it feels like it because you've never, we've, we want that. We, we're hungry for that. So the devil says, okay, I'll give them that. Then they'll think that this is all good and they'll swallow the whole hook. So the thing is, but it's very interesting. You are the son of God. But what did he say? Jesus said to them, he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. Well, it says in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 13 through 15, for such are false apostles, oh, deceitful yeah. workers, transforming themselves mm -hmm. into apostles of Christ. There's so much talked about transformation now. We have about, uh, what, do you, what do you call this, um, artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we got plenty of angels all, all of light this. and, and, fall yeah. and, and in, the, in the church. That's right. where they hang out, really. Right, right. Transhumanism is the word I'm looking oh, for. Yeah. Okay. That's a big thing these days. We're not talking about that really today. But verse 14 and 15 of 2 Corinthians 11, and no wonder for Satan himself yeah. transforms himself into an angel, angel of life. Light. He doesn't come with the mm -hmm. hoofs and horns and the pitchfork and so no, forth. No. Therefore, it is a no great thing if his ministers, his ministers, Satan's right, ministers, right, right. also his transform entourage. themselves. That word transfer, they, they change themselves into ministers of righteousness mm -hmm. whose end will be according to their works. Now, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus Before said, beware. You know, there's there's wolves in sheep's clothing. Correct. That's what we By have here. By their fruits you shall know them. Well, yeah. the rest of that chapter, the first part of that chapter, uh, that Second Corinthians chapter eleven, Paul is, is beginning the the discussion. Um, he says, verse three. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received from us, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In other words, he's saying, if somebody else comes down the road preaching something that isn't what I preached to you, he says, you may put up with it. You may fall for it. We, that's what we have today. There are people putting up with. Peddling. The, these these peddlers of the gospel. Right. And then he says in Galatians 3, this is, this is Paul's big platform, the whole his whole ministry can kind of be reduced to some simple things. He was really resisting and refuting the the the, the religion, law, the power of of grace in uh, in in confronting those things. He says, "Oh foolish Galatians, chapter three, verse one, who has bewitched you?" Another demonic term, isn't it? Bewitched that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was portrayed among you as crucified. You saw this, people. This only I want to hear to learn from you. Did you re receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Again, there's the competition we talked, or the, uh, the, you know, the, that we talked about last week between law and grace. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Um, so he's really saying there is a difference. 
Um, have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed they are in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So Jesus was doing these things by the Spirit of faith. And then again in Galatians chapter 1, he's again after them. He says, um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. He's talking about these. I marvel that you are turned away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ, into a different gospel. We're, we, we think all the gospels are the same. There's only one true gospel, the gospel of grace and good news. The rest of the gospels are different gospels. It's interesting. Uh, 2 Corinthians eleven four. there's three things. There, there, there are three perversions here. Okay. And, and we have these subtly embedded into, throughout what we have as the professing church in America particularly, other places. Well, verse 4. For he who comes and preaches another Jesus, yeah, okay, not the right There's one. only one Jesus, mm-hmm. but there is a, there might be other Jesuses. He is not portrayed mm-hmm. accurately according to who he really is, wh- whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a what different spirit, okay, different, so different a, Jesus, different, different spirit. Jesus, different spirit, mm-hmm. and then. And then, or a what different gospel, like yeah, you mentioned, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. another God, which is not the God. It's it's a different it's a perversion. So, uh, another Jesus, another a different spirit. spirit, and a different gospel. And he says, you may pull up, put up with it, and that's Fall really it, it today. And people do that today because a lot of it is because of their ignorance of the word and of the God. way they were taught what they learned what they've right. been accustomed to from right. little on you've been taken into a building that has a steeple if you've been gone to church or something of that sort some sort of institution that is proclaimed and declared to be the house of god in some you way you think that's the way you what you your exposure to that system yeah. that experience you've, you've that you've made you a have passive it. agreement you think that's kind of the way it is yeah. you've made a passive agreement with it because you've just assumed that that is god and yet you see none of the works of god in that place for the most part you see death you see controversy you see the the loosening of the morals of the place and now we're accepting this and that and everything else which is totally contrary to the absolute word of god even uh, even a, a, a simpleton could see that what we're doing in the churches these days is totally contrary to the will and the law and the word of God. But anyway, so he says, I marvel, Paul is going back to Galatians, same thing you're talking about, same exact thing, same exact author too. Um, I marvel that you're so soon turning away from the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So the the grace of Christ Jesus is put down. People would rather hold on. The, the gospels you're listening to are mostly built around guilt. Guilt and sin. The gospel of sin, not the gospel of the Son. The Son of God is the true gospel, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, good news and grace. Or the other side of that, too, is 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 the, the emphasis on sin. you got to get it out of your right. life. Get it out of your life. Striving, get it out of your life. Try. And then or it, the other extreme, which we have a lot of today, is that you know, just don't worry about it. Just yeah, go on. God loves you. Everything's fine. But see, you, you can you can just pretty much live whatever perverted lifestyle you want to live, right. and it's okay yeah. because loves God okay. loves you just here's, like that. Here's the picture: the every road has two ditches, one on either side. The true road is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of love, truly, grace, goodness, God's grace to us. One ditch is lust lasciviousness take it as far as you want abuse it whatever whatever mm-hmm. it's it, you can do whatever you want god will forgive you the other side is law and you're falling le- in the, the blades of, yeah. of thistles and and con- condemnation and, and guilt so see we we have to walk on the highway of holiness which is the law of love and, and that you know what and here's the deal this argument about oh if you don't if you don't preach sin if you don't preach this and that and guilt and condemnation People they're just go wild you know what the thing is my question is if you know who you are if you know that you're created as holy, pure, to love God, and that that's who you are, why would you want to abuse grace? And it's not, you know, this grace we're talking about is God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's, you know, long, long suffering. That's what we're talking about. And we're, but we're, but why would you want to take advantage of that? Why would you want to abuse that? Why would you want to uh, misuse that? Why? Because that's not even who you are. What you really want is to be loved, to be taken care of, held by the good shepherd. You don't want to you know, be all alone and by yourself. But anyway, so, but these, but, but here's the deal. If Satan can make the gospel all about sin, he's got plenty of solutions to that. And he can catch you all day long in his nets and on his hooks of, of try harder, not good enough, be good, guilty, condemnation, demonic judgments, 
uh, pain, punishment, poverty. He can c- catch you all day long on unworthy, no good, never, never going to amount to anything. And where does this put you when it comes it, to you fulfilling the destiny God has put in your life? Nowhere, just, in it, the ditch. It just dr- drives you into the ground. It drives yeah. you insane. So the it fruit of it, here we go. God, here we really. go. The fruit, the fruit. What's the fruit in your life? Listen, pick it out. Look at it. What's the fruit in your life today? Write it down. Depressed, defeated, angry, frustrated, da-da-da. Go on, go on. Keep going, keep going. Write it down and then ask yourself, where's that all from? Heaven or hell? Mm -hmm. Simple. It's not that complicated. Jesus said, by the fruits you shall know them. What's it reducing down to? It's interesting here. If you go back to these verses, 11 and 12 in Mark chapter 3. You know, this is something, I just, just noticed it right now. Because remember, Marjorie, when uh, there's times when Jesus healed people and he said, don't tell anybody. Right, right. You know, and you think, wow, man, right now, you know, we want to tell somebody. Everybody, We, we want to write news. a book about yeah, it. We want yeah. to put it on Facebook right. yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But he said, don't, because he didn't want to be known. Yes, he is a, a healer, but he didn't, he, he recognized, he didn't want to be known just as a healer, mm-hmm. a, a physical healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not just not just the outward need. He was there to bring salvation to others. Yeah, okay? he, he, he was there to bring the, the spiritual need. So he, it, but here, he told some people not to not to tell. Mm-hmm. But here, here he's telling the unclean spirits not to tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now, isn't that interesting? It's. I thought here it was like the people don't say anything. But he says, the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, you are the Son of God. But he sternly warned them, who, not the people, mm-hmm. he warned the spirits. He right. told the spirits, he said, basically, I don't need your advertising. I don't need your endorsement, yeah. Right. You know, one of the things that happens when, you know, the spirit of divination endorses something, you become confused about that endorsement because if you know that that person who's saying that is a, 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 a fortune teller, and yet they're endorsing you. What is that when when someone else hears about you from an, from someone who is, you know they you know is a, is a fortune teller or a, a wickedness is in them? Then what do you think about the person? I've had this happen to me actually, where you know because of life recovery and I do a lot of counseling and I minister to a lot of people, and they don't always get thoroughly cleansed, healed, and delivered at every point in their life, and they're or they're still in the process, and they go and take my cards and my name sometimes. I'm not saying people don't pass out my cards. I'm just saying, yay, you do that. But sometimes when people are not thoroughly delivered and you are the the product, you're saying, I'm the product of her ministry. And, And if it would be me, Getting that card, I'd look at you and say, "Oh, that's what she—that's what she does." Oh, right. I'm not going to go see her. You know, this is mm-hmm. kind of what. This is how tricky and treacherous this all gets. People, it's so tricky. I'm going to tell you something. Nothing is as it appears. Nothing really is as it appears, except Jesus Christ and those who are truly walking in His Spirit consistently. And a lot of us, the problem is we walk in and out of the Spirit. We're going in the Spirit, out of the Spirit, in the Spirit, uh, in the flesh, back and forth, back and forth. And so this makes our own, makes us confused ourselves. Am I with Him? Am I against Him? Is God for me? Is God against me? Am I going to have a good day, a bad day? All your days are good days if you walk in Jesus Christ. doesn't matter what happens. doesn't matter if that's the day you go to the, uh, to the execution block. It's a good day because it's God's day and God is in you and God's got it. So there's no need to freak out and panic. I mean, just, I mean, yeah, you can have 10 seconds of processing something or 10 minutes, but go back to the truth. God has got it. And and this is the way you're going to have to live from now on because there's nothing out there you can grab onto. There's no savior out there. The Antichrist is coming and he surely isn't going to be a savior. As a matter of fact, everything is getting set up for the Antichrist to come and everybody's going to be so desperate and so wanting Jesus to come back that they're going to do anything, sell their souls to get this man's favor and it's going to end up being a total trap. Exactly, exactly. Interesting. There's an interesting progression here in these verses. We see that Jesus... They heard about Jesus, okay? Um, when they heard, all these people came from all over the country. Right. When they heard about the wonderful things he was doing, okay? So they're, they're hearing from other people about all these miracles. And Jesus said, but he said, no, I don't want, he's telling the demons, he says, I don't want you to endorse me. <laughs> I don't want you to tell others about me. Mm-hmm. But then he, he's what he's doing now is he's picking out some guys mm-hmm. that are going to 
help make him known in right. the proper true, way. True, 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 And he, so he says in verse 13, he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Right, and they were chosen, actually, call we call them apostles now. Um, he appointed 12 of them that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Now, a lot of times what we do is, in those verses, we jump over an important part of this. He said, well, he chose 12 that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. That's what he, why he did. But wait a minute, let's back up a little bit. The very first thing he said. First thing is that they might be what? Be with, with him. him. Be with him. Yeah. Be with him. And, be, and, and out of the being with him comes the rest of it. If you aren't with him, if you're not in sync with the Holy Spirit, if you're not using, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Without him, I can do nothing. If we're not being with him, then this other stuff is all fluff and flattery. It's That's nothing. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's powerless. Yeah. Yeah. And so he picked these guys that seemed to be quite uncommon, unlikely. Uh, you know, when you're going to pick a cabinet or you're going to pick, um, you want the, the impeccable, you want the people with spotless, you know, untarnished reputations. You want people with Pro- a good pro- character. Proven records. Bro- yeah, bro- and bro- successful is. and well-esteemed and blah, blah, blah. So he just kind of blew all that away. <laughs> <laughs> he always is breaking all the rules, isn't he? He breaks the rules all the time. Notice he didn't, he didn't pick out priests. Or Levites. He didn't pick out scribe, uh, scribes. <laughs> scribes. <laughs> scribes. <laughs> Them either. He didn't pick out Pharisees, scribes. Mm-mm. Herodians, Herodians mm-hmm. or uh, who were the other guys around there? Uh, yeah. Scribes, Pharisees, uh, um, priests. A- any of those he guys? He didn't pick up the priests. The oh, Sadducees. Yeah. He didn't. None of he them. didn't pick up any of, any of those guys. He didn't go uh, to the high priest and say, "Hey, yeah, let's get together here. Let's let's put this together. You and me, we can make a nice ecumenical movement here. Let's get the, the all the churches to, to, to join into the full, true one. gospel of Jesus let's, Christ. Let's have take unity. the world. Yeah, unity. See, this yeah. is this is how we. That's would not do the goal of God. God is not the goal. His his goal is not to unite everything. He says, "I've come to send a sword." You know, he wants peace. But he's come to send a sword because you can't unite with everything. You can't comply with everything. You can't be complicit with everything because that is impossible, number one. All those things are not good. So who are the guys? Um, Simon, whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the names Bonerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, another James, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And they went into a house. So they started hanging out together, camping out together, walking together, eating together, being together, being with Jesus. He called them to be with him. Apparently that they had become believers in Jesus earlier on. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just like, sometimes we have the idea, just Jesus walked by first time he's ever seen him. He said, come on, follow me. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and and apparently there was some. Well, they uh, were. We can we can read about it in some of the other gospels. In like mm-hmm. in the, I think in John, uh, the first uh, couple, you know, in the chapters of John and other places, where he picks them out, uh, kind of individually, and then now he's really you know gathering them, to uh, to to be with him to send them out to preach and to. Uh, heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Mm-hmm. So they're they're with him. They're going to be with him. They're 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 sitting by the campfire. They're walking. They're in the boat. They're by the sea. They're with Jesus when he's healing. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He, they're they're there in the Sermon on the Mount, hearing the basically the constitution of the kingdom of God. They're hearing all this. They're observing. Mm-hmm. They're listening. A lot of it they just don't get. It's Jesus. like he's putting together his dream team, actually. It's, it's really his dream team. And a lot of times people would look and say, oh, it would be his nightmare team. <laughs> and there were what times where, where they were Coat. slow to to get it, slow to understand. And we are like that, too. Oftentimes we're very slow to understand. But you see, the full thrust of what those guys would do would be to break really... up the foundations of legalism and law yeah, and, and religion. And, it really didn't uh, occur. Their, the the fullness of their ministry didn't really come till after the day of Pentecost, when they were empowered with the Holy Spirit. He had told them in Luke chapter twenty four, 
he, not only the 12, but others who are followers, tarry in Jerusalem, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Wait until I send you the Holy Spirit, the uh, energy and efficiency and might mm-hmm. that you need to go forward to preach, with power, to carry on the ministry that I have established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not something new, not something different, but it's the extension of the ministry of Jesus well, that's we, still going on we today. We are the extension of that ministry today if you are a follower of Jesus, and that means walking in the Spirit. That doesn't mean kind of like doing what you want to do. Now, we know these guys, we can check out their lifestyles and stories and ends and all this stuff You know, at some point just to know when you're going through this that some of them had three or four names, so that's why in other uh, Gospels, yeah, sometimes they're referred to by their first name, sometimes their last name, just like we are, and well, sometimes, sometimes a know, nickname. And it's not unusual. We think of us, that, well, we have one name. Well, you maybe have your full name, yeah, and then you have your abbreviated name, you have a so, nickname. So some people know you as... Uh, um, by your first name. By or your first nickname. name. Some people know you by your nickname. Official name, whatever. But the thing is, not to be confused, because it sounds like, well, there's maybe there's 15, maybe there's 16. I don't know how many are there. If no. you kind of do a whole word study and work on it and kind of compare them there's all. There's the 12. There's 12. And actually, Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12, they replaced him uh, right in, in the book of Acts uh, when they came to that conclusion. They wanted Matthias. 12. Matthias, yeah. Which mm-hmm. He's not in the original list here. But then you can actually say, well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was really one of them as well. I put Paul in... Uh, for sure, is with one of the twelve myself. Now that's just my way of adding it up. But um, so, just for a clarification, real, real simply, we've said this before. Peter was also known as Simon, Simon Peter, and uh, Cephas. That's another name for him. Andrew was Peter's brother, and um, he was also a J- apostle of John the well, Baptist. Uh, Andrew is the one that that brought Peter, Peter to, to Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have James and John who are brothers. Their father was Zebedee. They were cousins of Jesus. Their mother was Salome. And um, they were also called the Sons of Thunder. Salome Salome became a very dedicated follower of Jesus. That was Salome was Salome or Salome was um, Mary's sister. uh, She came. And and that's how they were related. She was Mary's sister. She she came to the tomb. Right. After Jesus Mm -hmm. had died. And, and so her, her husband was Zebedee, so that's why they're called the sons of Zebedee. Uh, then we have Philip, and Philip found Nathaniel. Uh, and Bartholomew, who's also named Nathaniel, um, same name, same person. Um, Jesus commented right away to him that he was a man in whom there was no guile. So, you know, guys are finding guys. They're, they're calling their friends, hey, you got to come see this guy. Then you have Matthew, who's also called Levi, or the son of Alphaeus. And he's a tax collector. We just saw him collected. <laughs> he was collected into the team uh, earlier on in chapter 2 of Mark. Then we see Thomas, and we know Thomas is Thomas. And he was, uh, He's also called Didymus, which means the twin. So uh, probably he was a twin. We don't know anything about his. Or maybe his twin died. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know about that. And then we have another James, James the son of Alphaeus. So we have Matthew the son of Alphaeus and James the son of Alphaeus. But it doesn't say that they're related because that's probably a common name. Right. Uh, la- I think that'd be a last name, obvious, obviously. Um, but James also may be another cousin of Jesus as, as well. Then we have Thaddeus, and he's got lots of names. We have Thaddeus, whose name was also Judas, and Labius. Um, Thaddeus is his surname. Um, so, you know, so there's a couple Judases in there, a couple, a couple, two, three Jameses in there too, for sure. Um, and then this Thaddeus was also called the son of James. So, don't know if, if one of the Jameses in there had a, cha- a son, and this was he was one of the disciples as well. Don't know. Maybe he was. Maybe he's a young one. And then you have Simon the Zealot, who was also Simon the Canaanite, same guy. So he, Simon <laughs> the Zealot, the Zealots were like revolutionaries. They yeah. want. They, they were, were of at, the resistance. They were of the resistance, <laughs> so the violent he, resistance. So he had the right, you know, frame of mind. We want to resist <laughs> the 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 Romans, the occupying army. And then we have Judas Iscariot, of course, who Jesus who, had been better, better for him, but he wouldn't yeah. have been born. I can't answer all the questions about where did Judas go? Was he saved? Well, I really don't know. And here's another <clears throat> really fascinating time here. In verse 20 of Mark chapter 3, then the multitude came together again so they could not so much as eat bread. In other words, there's there's, there's so much going on. Yeah, they had good. really no time to eat. I wonder eat. if they had soldier food. You know what soldier food is, right? 
Yeah, Soldier food is when you don't have time to eat. You pack yourself a bunch of nut, nuts and raisins and and uh, flax seeds and you go for it. You, sunflower seeds and you just keep going. See, soldiers just eat when they can, right? But yeah. They didn't have soldier just food. Just get here. your coconut water in your wa- in your water bottle and keep going. That's right. <laughs> anyway, w- uh, they could not so much as eat. But when his own people heard about this, his own people, I believe that's referring to his family. His family. His his he had Jesus had good brothers and sisters. Yeah, he did. Relatives. Maybe his mom. You know you know how moms are. Son, you got to eat. Now you got to have something to eat. But when his own people heard about this, they went out and laid hold of him and said, he's out of his mind. In other words, what's he's wrong not even, with you? What's wrong? He, you're not even stopping to eat. Well, here. or who do you think you are? What are you doing? This is crazy. God could be mad at you because you're, take, you're usurping all of these authorities and doing all these things. I'm sure part of his family, the last ones to know really anything about you are usually your family especially your family of origin. Yeah. They've yeah. got you cut in stone and dried out and hung probably, out to dry. Probably they in know the family. who you are. Mary, Mary knew more than anybody else. But. Well, she wasn't an unbeliever ever, but I'm sure she's a concerned mother. But yeah. some of them, can you imagine, you, just think about your own relatives. If you took off and started serving God like Jesus, following him, doing a lot of your people What's in your family say, "What? Well, you're out of your mind. Who do you uh, think you are? They got You've religion. lost it. Yeah. They got religion. They're going nuts. They're part of a cult or something. Yeah, you yeah know? right. And there are a lot of them that are part of a cult. Don't get me wrong. There's yeah. a lot of cults yeah. out there that but suck at, a lot at of people. But look at verse 22 and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem. This is the big, you know, the capital city. Okay. The, the headquarters. They, they said. The entourage. He, he has Beelzebub. Oh. And by the ruler of demons, he casts out demons. He said, in other words, he, the ruler of the demons, basically saying Satan himself is the one that's working doing through this. Him. Yeah. Satan is working to cast out his so, own demons here through this Jesus. So here's the deal. So the devil sets up the scenario. The uh, he the, he says he starts imparting to people the idea he's out of his mind. He's out. Of, and then the the Pharisees, uh, scribes, add to that and say, well, he's not only out of his mind. He is. He has Beelzebub. They he knew is. people were that could. That, they knew people could be demon possessed, and so they're yeah, saying they Jesus has a devil in him. That's how he's doing this because they must have known that the devil could do. Pretty many mighty works already back then. So there, Trick. there was a great knowledge of that of, of demons, but they had what did they do? The religious people had no power to deal with that. Yeah, they would maybe well, exclude these people, ignore these people, uh, but they had no power. So, to, so to here's do a, they're again putting Jesus in a very controversial, argumentative position. How do you defend yourself when people say you have a devil, you're a demon, you're acting out of the council of demons um, or evil spirits? So, Well, Jesus doesn't def- really defend himself, but he, he asks a question. <laughs> you know, know, sometimes the way to, to, way to uh, silence an argument is to ask a question. Well, he actually, in this part- yeah, he does that, and that's he very said wise. He said he called himself, he called them to himself. He and said, said okay, to who's them? them? Parables, he's, them. he's calling the what? The, the scribes. Well, the audience, I would suppose. Are yeah, but I think well. the scribes are the ones that are criticizing him. He called them to himself. I'm thinking he's really said and said to them in parables. So well, he's, he's. Yeah, but I he's got already got a crowd around him. So you've got he's people got around listening. him, but, it, but, it, but the scribes, I think they're especially. He's taking them on. He's they're, taking com- on. they're coming right in there. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's going to, he, and so he's addressing this issue with, like you said, a, a, a parable. Mostly the scribes and the people are overhearing. That's the picture I now, would and, say and he, here. As you say a parable, and he asks the question, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, a house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but has an end. Then he goes on to talk about no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first bind the strong man and then he will plunder his goods. Assuredly, then we're going to, we'll stop right there for a second and go back. So he's saying, how does this work? If Satan is casting out Satan, isn't he going to come to the end of himself pretty soon and divide his house and ruin his own stuff? So it would be self-destruction. Right? Yeah. He says Satan is not that stupid. So you know this. When you see something that looks like or, you know, uh, 
you know, you don't know what to make of it. Actually, these people weren't knowing what to make of it. But the point is the fruit again, going back to the fruit. Well, what's the fruit of this? If you're casting out devils, you're going to cast out devils. And what does that mean? Ultimately, if you're casting out devils, they're not going to be there anymore. They're going to lose their footing. They're going to lose their grip. They're going to lose their position. So the fruit of that wouldn't be very uh, helpful to the devil's kingdom growing and prospering. So he's saying the devil isn't stupid. He doesn't divide himself against himself, although he will definitely make it look like he is uh, an angel of light, like he is coming in as a help, as a protector, as a benefactor. And this is how he catches people because it looks good. It looks helpful. It looks right. You don't know the fruit yet. You, you only, many times, I was just sharing this yesterday with a friend, you know, many years ago, long times ago, in my early days, when I would see ministers or book writers or Christians or teachers or whatever, and, and, and something would go in my spirit, that's not right. There's something not right with that. I don't know what it is, but there's something not right with that. And I wouldn't pay a lot of attention, but, but you know, a couple years later, uh, or, or maybe even a decade later, you'll finally see the fruit of what's really going on in their life. And then I'll say, yep, the, the true colors have come out. I finally know what's going on here. And, and so, so, so sometimes checking the fruit isn't that easy because... Uh, you can go out there right now in our orchard and find no fruit at all. So it's hard to check the fruit to see what even the tree is if you're ignorant of what the tree would look like to begin with. And so you have to wait sometimes. And so that's where it gets tricky because are you going to follow somebody and you haven't seen the fruit of their life? You haven't you know, paid attention to it. But he's very, very clear here that Satan will do these things, can do these things. But the fruit of him is division. So I am not, you see my life. You look at the fruit in Jesus's life. Does it look like hell's fruit? Does it look like division? Does it look like pain? Does it look like, or does it look like hope and love and resurrection? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he said in the strong man's house. Yeah. He says what you have to do is uh, you can't plunder the, good, plunder the goods unless you buy in the strong man. So and basically the one that's the guard. So if, if you basically say if you, there's a house and there's a guard outside the house. Or in the house. And you see that sometimes in other, other countries where, you know, political officials, maybe they're not home, but they have guards out front. If mm-hmm. you get the guards, you knock out the guards, you can go into the house and right. ransack the place. Right. So what basically, this is what Jesus is doing. He says, listen, what I am doing, I'm not operating according to the strong man. I'm taking authority over the strong man. Mm-hmm. And I'm plundering his goods. I'm setting these people free. This is what I'm doing. Well, he's plundering the goods that the strong man has stolen from the, the occupant of the house. Let's go back for a second. This is a parable. This is a answer to a question of, does mm-hmm. Jesus have a demon? But there's a deeper understanding here that many people, I've never heard preach on it, except myself, and maybe you, Jerry, I don't know. But anyway, so it's a parable of our city soul. It's a parable of us. You are a house. In many places in the Bible, we're talked about as a house, um, a vessel, a kingdom. Sometimes the kingdom is within you. Uh, the temple, where the temple of the Holy Spirit, where a place that can be occupied. Obviously, your house is being occupied by you and possibly being occupied by you and several visitors, familiar spirits, aliens, demons, whatever, that are not you. So what he's saying here, too, is that when you are when the strong, if you look at this in Matthew and Luke, I think Luke is a very good place to look to add to this picture and story. Let's read it there real quick, 11. Um, same issue, same same scenario. Uh, and others testing him, this is verse 16 of 11, Luke. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. Um, and by the way, be just before that, again, in verse 15, and so some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons, mm-hmm. uh, and others testing him, sought from him a sign. So he's answering the same issue, you know, that he had a demon. He says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. That means ruin. And a house divided against itself cannot, it falls. You know, if you cut your house in half, you know, it's going to happen to it. It's going to fall. If Satan also is divided against himself, he will will his kingdom um, stand? His kingdom will not stand because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons through the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than him comes and upon him and, and overcomes him, he takes from him all of his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. So then, so he who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes out through the dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from whom, from whence, which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes out and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So he's giving more of a full picture of this story. But really what he's talking about here is you can be overtaken. You can be broken into. Your house is given to you. You're the strong man. But when one who's stronger than you comes, when he comes and pounds on the door, or usually the stronger, he doesn't come pounding on the door like a thief. He comes in like a friend. He comes in like a visitor. He comes in like a helper. He comes in like the solution to your problem. He comes in with that cunning, serpy kind of uh, false love and help. So once he gets in, and you've taken the solution and you've, you know, not trusted God, but you've t- taken the shortcut, whatever it was, this familiar spirit visitor, strong man is in the house. And once he's in the house, he does whatever he can to undermine you. Now, here's the deal. You cannot take a house down. You cannot, you can ha- not have a war with only one side. You have to have two sides. You have to divide the house. And so how Satan uses to divide this house is he gets our soul set up in opposition to our spirit. And those are the two sets of software that basically run this body and run this life. And the soul software made up of mind, will, and emotions has been programmed by the snake pit of your experiences that you experienced growing up. All of the agreements, the passive agreements, implied consent, all the unconscious agreements that were made by you in the snake pit have been programmed into your soul, mind, will, and emotions. So when you use your mind, will, and emotions as the navigating software for your life, Paul calls that the body of death. That's the, that, that programming is called the body of death. So when you get saved, your spirit gets quick and uh, activated. And now the download of the revelation of God's spirit can come to your spirit. So now you have a divided house and you are in a place, once you're saved, you're in a place of, of dividedness. If you don't, if you don't, I, I understand that. So the strong man is still coming in our lives every day. And how does he do this? He's very clever. He doesn't say, hi, uh, I'm Satan. I've just come from hell and I'm come to take your stuff. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm you. I'm you. I'm your thoughts. I'm your feelings. And he refers to himself as me, just me. Just me is not you. You are an I am made by the great I am. But this just me spirit that impersonates you to yourself is working there to steal not only your identity, but all of your stuff, your house and everything. Because these demons, strong men, familiar spirits want a, a house. They want a body. They want a place of habitation. They are, they're, disembodied spirits they're looking for a body so jesus is saying they are the ones who get in yes you know people can have demons yes he could have been doing this by the power of beelzebub but he was not but yes that is a possibility that the angels of light the false jesus's the antichrist spirits the ministers of light do it that very way they come in impersonating you they come in impersonating the holy spirit to you and they begin to deceive you and destroy you uh and Jesus is saying, beware of that, that division. And so when you work with getting free and delivered, you might need to actually be specific in dealing with a strong man that is doing, Paul said it this way, he says, I'm doing what I don't want to do. And I'm saved. And why am I doing what I don't want to do? I don't want to sin. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Whatever it is. He says, if I'm doing what I do not want to do, it is not me doing it. It is something, he said, it is the sin that dwells within, dwells within me. So this spirit is a spirit of, you know, that, that is authored by or produces uh, sin. And it, it comes through the lies. It comes through the lie of you made an agreement, not knowingly probably, that this thing could come in. And these are the, 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 the sins of the fathers are visited onto the children. These are the familiar spirit visitors that come into your soul um, to set up. Uh, they, they create an opportunity for themselves. They set up a, a lack or a deprivation or a, a problem or a hunger or whatever. And then they come in knocking in there here. I, I, you know, I've got the solution to the problem for you here. Just, you know, just uh, let me, let me make the decisions Let me. And so me is not you, but me is operating out of your soul. So 
when you when you see this happening, it's time to go back to what Jesus said. What did he say? Cast out spirits, cast them out. Well, that's what what you know. He he told the, the he chose his disciples to do this. Okay, he taught them to, to have power to heal sickness in verse fifteen, uh-huh. and to cast out demons. And it's interesting here. Um, uh, in the last part of verse eight of First John chapter three, says, "For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that that He came forth. This mm-hmm. is why He came, that He might destroy the, the works, works of, of the, the devil." Evil one. And, and what this, you've talked about is how the you know a little uh, bit of how the enemy, the devil, works deceives, in the lives, gets in right uh, uh, in our in our lives, even in the lives of believers at times. Well, it's because of beliefs. It's because of what we believe. It's because of what, uh, it's a long story. We can talk about it some other Mm. time too, but in the generational curses and things. But he says, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So if you see in your life, you're fumbling, stumbling, falling down, not standing, not making progress, kind of spinning your wheels in the same place you were 10 years ago in your Christian walk, that should give you some idea of, of something going on in you that's not you, that's causing you to lose ground or be divided or be compromised or be stuck. Yeah, and it's like we talk about the division between the, maybe you can address this a little bit, about the f- the flesh and the spirit. Sure. How does that work? You know, we're, 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 the, we're free in Romans chapter 8. So, yeah. There's no con- There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So, yeah. So, so, so there's 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 the flesh. There's the spirit. How's how does that work? The well, we're human beings, not human doings, and beings have three parts: body, soul, and spirit. Soul also has three parts: mind, will, and emotions. With your mind, you think; with your heart, you feel; and with your will, you decide. So, if you're thinking by very virtue of thinking, you're saying "I think," which means I'm not sure, which is doubt. If you're making a decision based on your heart or feelings, those those are fluctuating, very unstable, and you're going to be afraid. If you disagree with yourself and a part of you doesn't want to go and a part of you does, and you say, "I think I will, but I don't feel like it," your will says, "I'm confused." So you have doubt, fear, and confusion as the three chief counselors in the flesh. Now, the flesh is basically the connection. Uh, the bowl, the body attached to the to the soul, they have to be attached, or you're dead. When you you know when your soul departs, your body becomes a corpse. So they ha- the flesh is the the living flesh is this body that is attached to the soul where there's there there's life. Um, it, so that people you you can't really separate your soul. So what God's saying is. Don't use your soul. You walk not in the flesh anymore. You don't, because that's called the flesh. Body and soul together is a flesh. Don't use that soul software. Use your spirit software to walk in the spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh, because the flesh is is going to, um, it's it's going to be destroyed. It's going to be. That's where the debate. That's where the division. That's where the house becomes divided in in the debate between your soul and your spirit. In your soul, you're afraid. You, you look at appearances, you look at reality, you, you reason and you, 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 you're pulled back into religion and responsibility. And you, you begin to try to make decisions with pros and cons and lists and feelings. And you can never really feel just peaceful about it. But, it, it, so, but your spirit man knows stuff. It doesn't have to think and feel and try to figure. It just walks and follows God because God's Holy Spirit is leading you into what to do. This is the walking in the spirit. Most people don't do this very much, even though they talk about it a lot. They really don't because if you walk in the spirit, you're going to walk in a place of peace and, and it doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. Not at all. You're going to have probably as many problems as anybody else, but you're not going to, it's, you're not going to, you're going to walk in that place of peace and, and knowing, not b- even believing, but knowing that God is God. This God is good. We're God's workmanship. We're, it's, it's God's problem. God's going to complete the work he's begun in you. This is really the, the walk of walking in the spirit is to, is to not be afraid. And so when, the, when, when Satan can get your, your soul to put up its, its debate, discussion points, debate points, and your spirit says, but I trust God, but all things work together for good, but uh, he will never leave us or forsake us. Um, and then your, your soul says, but wait a minute, wait, I don't feel the presence of God. I don't, you know, and so you go back and forth in this conversation and you're going to decide if you're going to go with your fear or if you're going to go with faith in the word of God. And that's what's all based on faith in God or fear of what could happen. You, you can't save yourself. You can't protect yourself. You can't make things go good or bad. You have to just be and know, and then you have no condemnation. 
It's you know interesting. Jesus said, of, uh, I think it was uh, Mark sixteen twenty four or Matthew sixteen twenty four. If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What he was talking about there, part of it was that that's mm-hmm. a one way trip. But someone took up their cross back in those days, which is an execution. They were not coming back. Right. It was a one way trip. And, and, and yeah. this is this is what God is calling us. He doesn't want us to be divided. He doesn't want us to be double-minded. He want, he, Paul talks about this many places. He said we be of one mind and one heart, that we be single-minded. Mm-hmm. Go forward, yes. Go forward yeah. following the Spirit of God so we're yeah. not just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Can you see somebody like that going back and forth? They have this cross on their back, and they go three steps forward towards you know following Jesus, and then they drag the cross three steps back again. And then they go forward again, and then they go back again. They're just digging a rut right there and making no progress. And, and you know, the deny himself. That self is the soul. That self is all of your fears, experiences, and emotions. Um, we're that, not going by that. We're going by the Spirit. We're going by the Word. Yes, amen. And I know we're running out of time, so let's pray. And, um, God, you're good. You're good. You've got this. Lord, take away the anxiety and the fear from the people. Let them understand this, that the enemy cannot snatch any of this out of their minds. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to understand it. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage us this week and that you'd bring us into the place of deeper revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that we'd be set free by your Holy Spirit and that we'd not be afraid to live our lives for the glory of God. Amen. Help us to keep our focus on you, Lord, and just walk straight forward as you lead us. In your peace, your love, your joy, your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.